0: Hello and welcome to the Bible with Megan podcast. My name is Megan and here I talk about the Bible. There are two types of episode in this podcast. The first is where I look at wider themes about the Bible, within the Bible, questions about how we should study the Bible and how it relates to our world. The second type of episode are just Bible studies and each week I'll go chronologically through a book of the Bible The Bible is such a beautiful book and such an incredible gift that we have been given by God and I just hope that in this podcast you will learn to love studying it even more and that it will strengthen your faith. So let's get on with today's episode. Hello, welcome back to the Bible with Megan podcast. Um, I'm very excited today because I have my first ever guest on the show. My husband, Zion, is here with me. Hiya! Today we are talking about the topic, um, how does God interact with Israel today? And it's something that we've been talking about together anyway, Um, so it just seemed like a good idea to get Zion on and to have a bit more of a conversational episode, Um, so hopefully it will be easier for you to sort of listen to this um, in a more casual way. So we wanted to talk about this because um, of a few things. Obviously right now there is a conflict going on in Israel, between Israel and Palestine. I'm sure you've heard all about it on the news and um, different Christians are responding in different ways. And if you're like me, you might have questions about why and, and what is it that's kind of causing these different reactions to that conflict, and also at the moment in our home church, we're going through the Book of Joshua, and in that book we read about the promises that God gives these particular people about a particular land, which is of course um, where this conflict is happening. So it can be quite difficult to read that and then look at the news and and just wonder how as Christians we are meant to respond.
1: Okay, so for each view there are two questions. Um, that are really important to answer. And um, the different views answer both of these questions in um, different ways. Both ways um, centre on Israel inheriting God's promises, uh, specifically the promise of uh, land. And um, the two questions are how and when? Mm-hmm. And so uh for the the first group, um this is the dispensationalist group, um the how tends to be uh by military power.
0: Okay. So it's this uh question of how's God gonna fulfil that promise about the the land mm-hmm. and they would say through kind of a conquering of the land in mm-hmm. Yeah. So then it takes us on to the when. So when mm-hmm. when would that happen?
1: Within the dispensationalist view, um, there isn't a complete certainty on when it will happen, but the the view revolves around it being um, this side of the new heavens and the new earth. Okay. And um, many people believe that it is um, going to be quite a soon occurrence. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Happening yeah. soon. Yeah. So the term dispensationalism, then, um, what that comes from is basically the belief that God splits history into dispensations, which is just like different sections. Um, And so this view is believing that when this happens, that's like a new dispensation, a new section of history. So that's why it's called that. It's a bit of a funny term. If, if you don't know that. But um, yeah, dispensationalism, you can you can look it up if you want to look into it a bit more. So that's kind of the very basic how and when of what they think, and we're going to go into more detail in a minute. But just to summarise the other view we're going to look at, which is just not dispensationalism, um, what's the how and the when of that view?
1: Okay, so for people that aren't dispensationalist, um, the how is uh through christ and the when is in the new heavens and the new earth now obviously um it's not that um dispensationalists believe that israel is somehow completely separated from christ and remain separated from christ um so when i'm saying through christ i'm speaking more in terms of a a a faith-based um approach that is brought into um being by Mm -hmm. Jesus' death and resurrection. Mm
0: -hmm. So a key point um, from the Bible that kind of is like the point that is interpreted um, that leads to these views is about the thousand-year reign Mm -hmm. in Revelation 20, isn't it? Yeah. And so it kind of hangs on how people read that, whether they think it's a thousand-year reign to do with the nation of Israel or whether it's to do with the church is that right? Would you you say that's fair?
1: Um, essentially, uh but with the millennia or the thousand-year reign.
0: Yeah, and you say that because I really struggle to say millennia, uh, okay. millennial, millenium, okay. I can't. It's like um, finding Nemo when he's like, nananana <laughs> me. Um, yeah. So you can say that. I'll say a thousand-year reign. But yeah, sorry. Carry on.
1: So, this is really important to. A dispensationalist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not quite as important within the timeline if you're not a dispensationalist in terms of your theology around Israel. Yeah. So someone that isn't um, would be looking to Revelation twenty one instead of twenty. Revelation twenty right. is when when the thousand year reign is written about in scripture. Yeah. But in terms of Israel, if you aren't dispensationalist, then you're more likely to be looking at Revelation 21 mm, to get your views like from. As fulfilment of mm-hmm.
0: promise about the land. And that's what we're going to talk about mm-hmm. now. So shall we read Revelation 20 and then we'll talk about dispensationalism in a bit more detail and then we'll look at Revelation 21 and we will talk about um, the other view in more detail. So this is Revelation 20. Obviously there's a lot going on here. Um and right now I'm also doing a series going through the book of Revelation so once we get to that chapter in that series we'll go into more detail about other elements of this but for now we're just focusing on these topics so Revelation 20 then I saw an angel coming down from heaven holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain and he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent who is the devil and Satan and bound him up for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him So that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the a thousand years were ended. After that he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those whom the authority to judge was committed. I also saw the souls who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus, and for the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast, or its image, and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So that's Revelation chapter 20. Um, Like I said, there's a lot going on. And uh, we'll get to that in my Revelation series, so we won't touch on everything in this, there's a lot of questions it brings up. But what we want to look at today is um, how how a dispensationalist would read this. So this is one of the main chapters that kind of um, is used as a basis for their view. So... Zion, how how would a dispensationalist read this, and how does it how does it support that view?
1: Um, well, they would read this as um, Israel once again being set up as a as a mighty nation. Right. Um, then you've got this idea of Satan being released and gathering up um, this army that's going to attack Israel. Mhm. And um, and because of this, um, you've got this. Uh, this violent military victory that happens.
0: The a thousand years are when Jesus is reigning with the nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. Is that right?
1: Now this is before um, Jesus um, judges everyone. This is before the new heavens. This is before the new earth. So there is still sin. There is still death. Mm -hmm. Um, But in in this special time Jesus comes down and helps Israel to uh, military victory.
0: Right, so it's like a prosperous time Mm -hmm. for the nation of Israel as Mm -hmm. an actual, like, physical place. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you said, before Judgment Day comes. Mm -hmm. And then there is... uh, So how, how does this then... Because obviously they don't believe that this has happened yet. So how does this tie in with how conflict is seen in... Israel and, and with with Palestine how does that play into this this view like where would they see that on this kind of theological time map
1: mm-hmm. well they would see Palestine essentially as these enemies stirred up by Satan right um that are trying to uh take away God's promised land mm-hmm. so um, that's
0: like a story that's been going on since the Old Testament Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yes, and so uh, in fact, the one of the most important things to to realise is that they, in order to have this view, you have to have a certain view of some of the teachings of Jesus. Right. So when when Jesus says eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but I say turn the other cheek, or I say love your enemies, and mm. and all these um uh, different uh teachings that jesus gives that many people believe is leads christians to non-violence yeah um their answer for this would be no what this is is don't turn something that is for the state into a personal matter okay. so the state especially when you've got the the state of israel mm. um is still allowed to kill and slaughter and and um, and judging all these things, um, and so the the idea would be that people were taking what was supposed to be Israel's laws of how to sort out conflicts and taking it in into their own hands. So they are themselves giving this eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, right. when they are supposed to rely on the state and God's laws to uphold these rights. Okay okay um that's that's usually the way that they would explain um those teachings of jesus right um and then because of that you don't have any difference from old testament israel whatsoever Mm -hmm. so the 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 same story of joshua is the exact same story that's happening today
0: okay so it's like that's kind of why it's called dispensationalism then Mm you kind of understand it a bit more now like it's these different sections of history um it's just started raining so sorry if you can hear that in the background (laughs) um the other thing is before this in the book of revelation there's all this stuff that happens it's often called the tribulation Mm -hmm. and um because people that hold this you will read revelation as a chronological prophecy of the end times um I guess they would see this tribulation as a precursor to this happening of this thousand-year reign. Yes. So if they're seeing signs in the world of what could be the tribulation mm-hmm. happening, um, for example, a global pandemic mm-hmm. could be seen as one of these signs, mm-hmm. Um, then that explains why they might be thinking that this is going to happen soon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, again, why this conflict that's happening now is probably... Really on people's radars Yes, because this. it happened
1: directly after the global pandemic.
0: Yeah, yeah, and all sorts of other crises mm-hmm. going on in the world right now. Okay, so that's the view, and obviously there's a lot of like um church history about this. Especially, it kind of came about more in the the more recent centuries. um I'm not going to go into all that now, but you can if you just Google dispensationalism, you'll find all of that kind of where these ideas grew up with um and they're very prominent in in america and kind of really kind of sunk into the church in 20th century american evangelical christianity um before i think it was like before 18 it was 1830 um i heard craig keener talk about this in a video which i'll i'll link in the show notes if you want to find out more this view wasn't at all prominent in the church um it's quite a recent interpretation of this scripture so is there any indication actually in the text here that this view is you know is it is it sound to interpret it this way because the only reference i can see is when it says about the beloved city which means jerusalem
1: yep yeah, so the that is exactly the main Point of reference that yeah. of this being Israel is it is that this battle takes place around the beloved city, mm-hmm. which would have been Jerusalem.
0: But other than that, there's not really. I don't know. I I guess it's it's not quite spelled out as clearly mm-hmm. as it is when you describe the the interpretation. The interpretation is very clear, kind of point by point, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. With this, it seems a little bit more. um vague in a way other mm-hmm. than saying that Jerusalem is somehow involved yep. do you think that's fair to say?
1: I think that's fair to say
0: Um, so let's read Revelation 21 because it carries on from this into Revelation 21 and then we'll go from there to look at the other view which kind of takes both these chapters together and then draws a conclusion about how God fulfills his promises about the land mm-hmm. of Israel I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulphur, which is the second death. It had a great high wall with twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and on the gates the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold, to measure the city and its gates and walls. The city lies four square, its length is the same as its width, and he measured the city with his rod, 12,000 stadia. Its length and width and height are equal. He also measured its wall, 144 cubits by human measurement, which is also an angel's measurement. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophrase, and the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl. They will bring into it the glory and the honour of the nations. But nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. So let's ask the same questions about the second view we're going to look at. Um, how does God fulfil his promise to Israel, and when does God fulfil this promise to Israel?
1: Okay, so in, in the other view um this is when god fulfills his promise to israel and as you'll notice this happens after um things like death and uh tears and pain are no more mm. and um and what happens in this view is that when when we're reading this passage obviously we're reading about israel um so israel finally the promises are fulfilled um but more than that because we've got to remember that actually god's promises to israel wasn't purely that they would just take some land yeah but it's that they would have this land and they would be the the light to the nations that that they would kind of hold the presence of god and and the nations would come and learn from israel Mm, mm. and and grow um, in god's wisdom and 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 what we see here according to this other view is with the we've got this uh, image of the gates being open and the nations coming in and um and what's super important about uh this other view is just uh to make sure that uh people who are listening know that um, just because you, if you aren't a, a dispensationalist, mm. it doesn't mean that you believe that the the church erases Israel. Yeah, yeah. And so That's in important. this in this uh, passage, we still have Israel specifically fulfilling all the promises mm. that God gives to it, mm-hmm. and in that we as the other nations get to um, share in the promises, but not in the exact same way as yeah. Israel So is.
0: those promises are still being fulfilled via Israel. Mm-hmm. So. And
1: Jerusalem is the centre, and the nations are a sort of separate mm-hmm. entity, mm-hmm. but are somehow sharing in the exact same way that um, they are prophesied to in the Old Testament with them being the the light for all nations and and nations and great kings coming to them. Mm.
0: So this second view, which is just not dispensationalism we're Mm -hmm. calling it, we believe that God fulfills this promise to Israel in this kind of new creation, Mm -hmm. Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Um, And it happens after the judgment of all all mm-hmm. people in, in this new creation where there is no more sin um or death mm-hmm.
1: yes and so uh two things is first of all when we're talking about the um well the proof that this is actually going on mm. um scholars would look to all these these phrases um at, for instance that that idea of the the gates being open and the the nations uh, coming in and 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 you can find that these these phrases allude to all these promises in the Old Testament. If you go back, yeah. you can see very similar. Uh, yeah, phrasology. well, even
0: like the all the measurements and the different gemstones and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which is really difficult to read. But I kept going because it that's what it's referencing, isn't it? It's talking mm-hmm. about like the setup of the temple. Yes, and um, and visions of that like uh, Ezekiel and mm-hmm. and people have about about kind of God's presence being in the land mm-hmm. with the people mm-hmm. and and that's what's happening here is the final kind of mm-hmm. fulfillment of those of those promises so it is linking back to it in all mm. the language and i'm sure i'll talk about them more when yeah. we get to this in the and series, then but.
1: if you believe this view not necessarily always but you will tend to read jesus's teachings in a slightly different light that he will be saying although um, with the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, um, things like kings, things like polygamy and um, and the the violence was um, permitted and okay for a time mm. that this is not how God is ultimately going to now make sure I said ultimately, um, this is this is a way that God um, revealed his purpose and his plans in a point of time right. but ultimately it, it's understanding that these promises come through Christ's Christ's death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so therefore as Christians we are there now to put off these kind of uh, violent acts, to love our neighbours as ourselves, taking yeah. that very literally and our enemies and and literally turning the other cheek. Mm. Um in in all um, times and places. Now, as I said, this is not everyone that nec- that holds this view, mm. but these things will tend to go hand in hand. Mm. Um, because if you have to say that Israel is going to have a military victory, mm. then you have to have at least a much higher um, um, reverence for violence and, and violent acts getting the job done yeah whether if you if you don't believe that this is the ultimate way that God fulfills his promises mm. then you are looking far more to the the cross and the resurrection as the ultimate and primary way that these um, the that the, the, the end plan is comes about is, is fulfilled is, is completed.
0: His promises to Israel about the land. Thank you very much, Simon, for coming on and talking through that with me. Um, you are much better at remembering things than I am. Hopefully, that's helped you to just understand more kind of the responses that people have been having to um, the news recently and the conflict in Israel with Palestine. Hopefully, just running over these views really, really quickly is a very surface level run through but hopefully it's just helped you see where people are coming from um and why perhaps they're saying certain things about this and um how it for some people this is quite an important theological issue and so the way they respond reflects that obviously we have our own preference and what we think is is um kind of more accurate to what revelation is saying um and it probably came through a bit um but the most important thing is that you look into this yourself and decide what you think is most accurate to Scripture, and that's the key thing here: is what is most accurate to what Jesus teaches, what is most accurate to what the Book of Revelation is actually saying, um, and not just to rely on what other people have told you about it. Go and check it out for yourself. Um, I'll link some more resources in the show notes if you want to spend more time looking into this. And also on this podcast, um, I'm doing a section by section study through the book of revelation we're only at the beginning currently but we'll be going through the whole book um so if you want to join me for that i would love to have you with me and i just want to end in saying the most important thing we can do wherever we fall on this um discussion is to be praying for those people who were caught up in war um to be praying that people would turn to jesus and to salvation that is the most important thing because we want to be seeing as many people as possible in the new heaven and the new earth with us and having their name in the book of life so let's pray for people um whatever side of the conflict they are on that they would repent of their sins and they would turn to jesus and know him as their lord and their savior um and we will see you again very soon and i'm hoping that zion will come back and be a regular guest on the podcast
1: i'm sure i'll be back
0: thank you so so much for joining me for today's podcast if you have five minutes to leave a review of this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on that would be really really helpful and it would help more people like us who might enjoy studying the bible to find the podcast and to join us in our journey if you'd like to support me in making this podcast financially, you can use the buy me a coffee link that is in the show notes to just donate a little bit towards making these resources. You can also follow me over on Instagram at Bible with Megan or on Word, where I update everything that's going on and have content on there as well. So I really look forward to seeing you next time for the next episode of the Bible with Megan podcast.